you are like the Wout Van Art of this production, David. You're a multi-tool. You're so multifaceted, multi-talented. You're not just an expert co-commentator. You're also a translator. Thank you, Ned. Called into yeah. action, pressed into action by our producer. Seconds after we'd called to Julian and Philippe over the line. I know. I we were on stage oh, do you want me to, to read? The, yeah, um, that was my way of queuing okay. you up. You've just translated Julian and thoughts. It's quite hard to do a translation, isn't it? Well, especially because you've got to you've got to make it like small enough to be subtitled. Yeah, you? So concise. So the question from our friend Seb PK. Yep, was. Was can you uh, do it in a Seb PK voice? No, oh, you can't you do impressions. Can you, you don't no, like no, doing impressions? Do I can't do well, impressions. I'll do the Seb PK okay. voice. Where is it? Uh, here. Here we go. Oh no, our device, our recording device has just dropped. It's still working. That's okay. Very good. So they. So he's just. Oh, so yeah. So there we go. Just lost I'm his microphone. On. Right. Yeah. Seb PK voice. They're the bold. Okay, uh, uh, Julien, you've just said it hurts, but it feels good. At what? Actually, he doesn't talk like that, does he? No. Uh, Julien, uh, you've just said it hurts, but it feels good. At what, what point does this feel good? Um, I'm just going to speak like me. Uh, it hurt for sure, actually. What feels good is that it was a victory hard to find. These past months have been long, and I stayed patient and worked hard. And I found the taste for winning again, here at the Dauphiné. It's a great relief. You weren't very much at the front, and it was a difficult bunch sprint, even if the profile was difficult. Have you surprised your, 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 yourself today? Oh, you slipped into Winston Churchill. <laughs> Boris Johnson. Yeah, I surprised myself. We were ready to go for a sprint for Ethan. It was too difficult for him. We had Florian, or Remy, instead. I know I can do good sprints, even if it's been a long time since I find myself in a situation like that. More of the kilometres passed. Ethan exploded. Florian said he was maxed out at two kilometres to go. I had the good legs and saw everybody was flat out. And so I took my chance. This is a strange question. At which point, uh, Seb BK asks him, at what point do you feel good? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Odd question. Yeah. Uh, I think to win a stage here, I can't dream of more. I arrived here saying to myself that if I win a stage, I'll be happy. And there you go. It's done by the second stage. And I can give everything for the rest of the week, more relaxed with where I am, because whatever happens, I'm content. You're an animator for the week, but also perhaps an animator for the Tour de France. Always an animator. <laughs> prometeur, isn't it? Uh, Pro yeah, prometeur. Prometeur, yeah. Very good. yeah. He is a prometeur. He's a prometeur. It was a strange old stage today, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a hard strange. one to read at times today. and um, It was erratic. I mean, it was very similar to yesterday in the sense, I mean, I, I said in commentary, Vaucler would be spitting <laughs> in the soup in the sense that the break just goes and just chain gangs it. It's like, this is just no tactics. Road too hard. Yeah, just flat out. Flat out. Flat stick. I mean, did yeah. it ever go over a minute? I don't think it did. I yeah, it got minute 20. But minute that was about 20. it. That was, that was it. it peaking out. Yeah. And it was just, again, and, <laughs> and then the really good bit was just the multitude of cramps. That, uh, three, a, tri a trilogy of cramping. Yeah. One from the breakaway. Yeah. Gordon just like, yeah. just pulled the pin and then actually got off. His left leg just hanging uselessly But he wasn't doing side. like any of like the quad stretches. Cyclists, it's not really a cramp. Cramp's not a It's not like a thing. footballer, is it? Cr football, they know, they know what to do. Away what to do. I mean, they're all out there shaking and yeah. stretching. And their teammate and comes over, stretches their they leg. They gave him like, he sat on the ground, straightened his leg out, and yeah. they just gave him a bottle of cold water <laughs> and he was just rubbing it on the outside of his leg. It was like so cycling. <laughs> it was kind of, what are you doing, mate? A bottle of cold water rolling up and down your cramped leg is yeah. not going to do it. And then Pierre Latour. Pierre Latour, that was brilliant. He was like in the middle of the break of six, yeah. just <laughs> swung out and <laughs> kind 
kind of just stopped pedaling. Yeah. And then kind of remember his gears. To, yeah. We thought it was his gears. So I went on to check if um, if Total Energy used SRAM because that seems like a very SRAM thing to happen. Um, uh, that what do you call it? That thing that uh, that shuts down the the, the so you can't change gear. That what do you call it? The uh, I don't know. What's, no, SRAM's just, uh, just a SRAM thing. Just a yeah. Yeah, they sort of have random failings. There's okay, like a meme random that failings. goes around like yeah. effing SRAM. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's all there, Shimano. So I thought, well, it can't be a gear thing because right. Shimano never tends to have any issues. Yeah. Turns out it was a leg thing. Leg thing, yeah. Uh, but then leg. he kind of like, he got about 20 meters off the back. was like, oh, no, maybe I can. And then it was like battling. To, and then just threw in the towel. Yeah. And then went straight through the peloton. And then, hung, and then he was at the back and he was banging his yeah. fist on his legs. Yeah. As if to say, Ugh. And then it was Castro Viejo who was in the That's peloton. Castro Viejo. And right. it was like, what's Castro Viejo doing? Yeah. And then, oh, he's got a cramp. Same left, le- same thing. Left, left leg, leg, left, left leg, leg just leg. hanging uselessly at the side of the bike. So bizarre. So very strange. So bizarre. Yeah. But then the peloton kind of was just being erratic. At one point, with like thirty kilometers to go, it looked like it was ten k's to go. It's had a big road and all the teams were drag racing. Like there was a climb they were about yeah. to, or a road they were about to turn off onto there or something. Was nothing. There was, there was nothing. nothing. It was weird. And they got the break back to eight seconds, so then they all just kind of gave up apart from Campanarts, who went and had Elisond on his wheel, fortuitously for Elisond, and the two of them went off. But then they were kind of smiling, and then they were arguing, and then it just kind of fizzled out again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a, a kind of quite a weird race yeah mixed fortunes for the two sprinters we were talking about yesterday sam bennett who was up there, up there. he was there he it, looked like he was kind of cocked and primed ready to go but then when he when he actually had to pull the trigger there was nothing because the mm. gradient had already sapped his strength yeah a so lot more than all sprint and all dylan who just like they kind of he was literally rolling to a standstill oh, like yeah. a k and a half Pale, to go. like <laughs> like literally like the blood had just instantly drained from <laughs> like he just just extraordinary obliterated yeah. himself just trying to stay in the peloton it was. Um, it was a hard one, wasn't it? Because it was really it was just rolling roads, wasn't it? Yeah. And kind of like a little. But, it, but I mean, gradients are quite difficult to show, as we've often commented on television, anyway. But particularly on that one, where it's all bits and pieces of gradient, and mm. so it obviously was a lot harder than it looked. Uh, it didn't look that hard that the climbs that they had to get up and over today. But yeah, bike races relentless. tend to do that, don't they? Unless you're in the high mountains where it's ripped to pieces. Where it's obvious. Yeah. But actually, Dauphiné is one of those races where. You can see it's hard, but it's that sort of miserable hard where people can hang on. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden you have kind of guys cramping and lying down in the grass or Grunewig and exploding and coming to a standstill. But actually <sighs> seconds before they're in the middle of the peloton. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah. But I mean, it's it goes to show kind of the fact when, I mean, the sprint was just, it was Carapaz who launched the sprint I know. for God's sake. I know. Yeah, and thank God he was wearing that very distinctive no Ecuador, Ecuadorian champions jersey. There are a few mystery riders out there because he's shape shifted since he moved teams. He has shape shifted. He just looks a different rider. He's he looks kind of longer and thinner, yeah, doesn't he? he? Does. Yeah, he does. Actually, just doesn't look like Carapaz at all. But anyway, it was a good sprint. It was a good. And he's yeah. taken. He took second place. Just, just held on. I mean, I've seen the photo finish now. So between him and not now Tesfacion from Trek, nothing in it. I mean, the width of a tire like that so it's almost a dead heat so Carapaz yeah second place for him six seconds quite useful little you know chip away little chip away from um, the Lord Alaphilippe made it look simple and it was coming across the line good celebration like just kind of calm down calm down down. down. I was never yeah I was never don't call it a comeback (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) I never went anywhere yeah 
That yeah. was brilliant. It's like final thing. Always, yeah. always a contender, or what is it? Always an animator. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be having a laugh. It's just funny, kind of when you have because I saw his pre-race interview as well, and he was saying it's going to be Remy in the break and Ethan for the sprints, kind of just whatever. And it's like that's what these kind of these great champions like that. Everyone else sort of crumbles. He's like, oh, all right, I'll go for it. Yeah, it's kind of like wow. yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Kind of, it's very cool. Yeah, but it is good for us as well because we love a bit of Julian action. He just looks happy now, doesn't he? For the first yeah, time no. in a long time. I mean, yeah. it was a miserable year for him last year, wasn't yeah. it? With a succession of heavy crashes and then Liège, Baston Liège, missing the Tour de France. Yeah, and the race missed him. I think last year it was a great race, but um, you know, didn't yeah. have didn't have the X factor of Lulu doing his thing. Any news on the uh, shoulder man? Shoulder man? Corey Zwick. No. No. Well, last no, I checked. I last time heard he's, he's on, <laughs> we're just watching a replay of a fleet doing his calm down. Everyone, calm down. Yeah, yeah, he's a dude. Um, no, but that is interesting, isn't it, Chris? Like, if he has, I mean, you know, you, you hope for his sake, obviously, and for the team's sake, that it's not mm. done anything so serious that it threatens his place in the Tour de France team. But if it were to be the case, then I don't know. Well, they're not going to bring Rogers in, are they? No, probably not. But who do they bring? Because they, they were so depleted with um, the l- three riders had to get swapped out for the Giro who weren't expecting to race the Giro. Mm. So Tom Glogue, your mate, Rowan Dennis. Rowan. And uh, I can't remember the other one was. So three came in really late having not prepared for the Giro. They've just raced a, who would have been perhaps in contention for, yeah. as a late replacement for the Tour de France team, but they've just done the Giro. Yeah. So it's a little bit... Mm. i tell you what's interesting about this as well, watching it, is just how Jumbo Visma... Are kind of, it almost feels like they're, how would I put it, resentfully kind of owning the peloton. Mm. You know what I mean? They kind of, everyone sort of fluctuates up and back and they just kind of, Yeah. it's not as if they're doing perhaps like they've done in the past where they want to show dominance. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, we'll do it. Yeah. And they're doing it in a, in a quite a relaxed way. Yeah. And... And just using individual riders, there's no rotations. It's yeah, like, put up Dylan Van Baal, 50Ks. Okay, Vato, you do a bit. Yeah. And, oh, and, and, and Vingegaard, why don't you just lead out? <laughs> Twice in successive day in days. <laughs> it's yeah. a good lead out today, wasn't it? Was it was good. It was good. Time to perfection. Who was the EF rider? Oh, who launched that time? Yeah. I think it might be Sean Quinn, actually. I think, but I, I still have yet to identify him. Who? Yeah, he was one of a succession of riders that often, as a commentator, they're some of the hardest riders to call, aren't they? Yeah. Because they're the speculators. They're the, they're the guys who just go, oh, hang on, I've got a chance here. I'm at the front. I'm at the front. <laughs> I might as well chip off. We haven't got a sprinter. There are a few of those. There. We had three of those. Yeah, there was Tobias Bayer. Yeah. Yeah. And they are quite tricky because often they're the lesser identified. They're up and coming. They're up and coming riders. They're, so never, that was a, they're never kind of in the descending spiral, are they? No. They're always the up and comings that are doing this. A little bit. don't know them. Although it used to be talking about our one of our hardest riders to identify it used to be a speciality of Tony Gallopin's didn't it yes it did where is he is he still racing but that was always so weird when he did it because you knew you knew that it was Gallopin but because you couldn't actively you weren't actively able to I- identify him you kind of oh, I always hesitated to say it's Gallopin yeah. and then it, like they've gra- the, the caption of flash out of the Gallopin of course it's Gallopin why didn't I just say yeah. it was Gallopin even though I didn't recognise him yeah but um yeah Laporte his he did an interview as well and he just kept talking about the legs have spoken the legs, legs have spoken. I think he said it four times. Okay. Jean yeah. Well, you know what Jumbo Visma at, at the Dauphiné are missing? Um, don't know. Wat van Aert. Oh, yeah. That's so much exci- more exciting. He Wat makes a difference, Aert, doesn't he? Doesn't he? <laughs> 
it's so it makes true. an enormous difference to Even, everything that yeah you know um why well, so anyway. better I'm, i was thinking about that the other day because he's up at one of the crazy training camp is he doing he must be doing swiss obviously yeah he's doing swiss i think yeah that starts when i think matthew vanderpool's doing it as well oh gorgeous yeah yeah it's gonna be a good start this swiss because old remco's going there isn't he Really? Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Swiss. Oh, interesting. That's actually a good field, isn't it? See, yeah. they're see they're three really exciting riders. Yeah, we're missing that kind of pizzazz from the Dauphiné. Well, come on, we just had Alaphilippe. Fair we enough. Just had an Alaphilippe yeah. stage win. Do take that. And Laporte's kind of. I'm quite glad he didn't double up and win today because that would have been a bit of a been a bit boring. Bit of a boring outcome potentially yeah. for the race. Oh, Fred Wright, top ten again, just about, wasn't he? And, I think. Uh, is he top ten? Oscar Onley. Oscar Onley. Top 10. Yeah. And it, again, it was just a really Dauphiné strange mix of climbers and sprinters and tra- classics riders. And You've got to feel for the, the sprinters, though, don't you? Because, I mean, that was just another day where they were just hanging on for grim death and yeah. literally might have actually thought they could do it. I, I mean, got, Bennett was there, but he was like on Laporte's wheel. So is tomorrow a sprint day? I think, yeah, as much as Dauphiné gets. I think. Is it? Yeah, it's got to be a proper sprint day tomorrow. Yeah, because I got I got really confused because in my notes before the race started, I've written stage three down as an individual time trial, <laughs> which clearly isn't right. That must be stage four. Uh, stage four, it's Wednesday. So I've got myself all over the place. In fact, on stage one, when I was writing my notes for stage one, I literally wrote out the entire itinerary of stage two. So I've been in... Oh I, yeah, I don't know what well, I'm doing. Well, actually, our director was looking at the wrong profile as well today. Well, yeah, but it's infected all of us. We just don't know. Yeah. And I started banging on about this being the last opportunity for the sprinters today. And the door opened at the back of the our commentary booth oh, while we were Gaza. commentating. It was Gary Imlach. No, it's not. He, he just put no. He walked in. <laughs> he just, no. He walked in with a handwritten <laughs> bit of paper that said, tomorrow's sprint stage. <laughs> like that. Except Gaz, this may surprise our listeners because Gary Imlach is perfection personified with everything he writes and articulates his handwriting leaves a lot to be desired (laughs) really oh you must have noticed that on the set when he's like you know he has to I'm not close to him oh you're not you're not in the boardman position you could look over his shoulder because when he's writing his hastily sort of notes that you have to do if you're a live presenter you kind of tell me again like really impenetrable so I I struggled to read what he'd written but it said yeah tomorrow's a tomorrow's a sprint but yeah Yeah. chaise dieu you find anything about it? The no, nothing really interesting. Apart from, I think, Pope Clement the IV fourth? Yeah. was born there. Oh, no, it's just where he, where it's, he did his t- became a monk. Yeah, in the Benedictine, yeah. big and then, Benedictine and he's Abbey. There. Yeah, he's buried there. Yeah. So, yeah, he was in the early 14th century, wasn't he? Yeah. And I read that he was the first pope, or rather he happened to be the pope. He was one of the Avignon popes, wasn't he? Yeah. And he was the pope at the time where Black Death stalked Europe for the first time. Was he? And he decreed that anybody taken by the Black Death would be pardoned of their sins. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is, you know... Oh, there it is. um, Which is, obviously, no one wants to die of Black Death, but it's an unexpected bonus Mm. if you have all your sins taken away at the last, you know, so... I tell you what was interesting, and this sums up La France Profonde, is that there's a population in Chaise Dieu. Yeah. Can I guess? Go on, guess. 4,500. 620. No! Yeah. But it's been steady decline <laughs> since 1841, where, it, well, no, 1851, where it peaked out at 1,977. And even from 2009 to 2017, they lost 100 people. Well, yeah. they just drifted off, wandered people, off, said, I'm just left. It's like, we're, we're yeah, sick just of this shut place. the door behind them and yeah. Yeah, just wandered off, got the yeah. bus to Saint Etienne. <laughs> That's basically La France Profonde explained. Emptiness. emptiness. It's emptiness. Because yeah. Brassac-les-Mines was the start today. 
and they did a little tourism postcard, didn't they? Oh God! And it, it was, was like desperate. three shots. Yeah, it was like they've got a museum of because it's clearly an old mining town. Yeah. I don't know what they mined there. I guess it's coal mines. I guess so. But um, yeah, they had a big sort of like gantry. What do you call those yeah. things with a wheel? Don't yeah, know, like a mine tower, shaft, a mining tower, like thing. a like in um, Pyru Bay. Yeah, yeah, the the uh, yeah, you know, not you know, yeah, the you know, Port you know, is that what it's called? No, the Arenberg, 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 yeah, Arenberg, the mining museum. But yeah, very like that. But mm. in order to get enough kind of like because. They had to like show a few different shots of how beautiful mm, Brassac Le Mino was. How, how how visit worthy it is. They did the slowest pan uh, or tilt, isn't it? It's not yeah. a pan. A pan is side to side, yeah. but the camera tilted yeah. up the entire length of the mine shaft I know, thing. They, they dragged that out, and they dragged that out. That must have been about ten seconds there. Then yeah. they dissolved through to a shot of a l'école d'architecture on this like random rock. Uh, the, but yeah. they only just fit in architecture on it. It was yeah. almost like they kind of hadn't and actually. Looked, yeah, it was carved into a rock. rock. And it was it's like, not it good like the rock for like called architecture when they can't you mm. haven't quite fitted it on there. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah, desperate. But, um, uh, Dieu looked like he might be worth visiting. Actually, six hundred and twenty people. Six hundred and twenty people. Huge yeah. Benedictine Abbey, like yeah. really quite beautiful. Actually, wildly big, wildly, and it contains apparently a um, really important fresco of the Danse Macabre, the mm. Dance of Death, which was a whole early medieval tradition. The Danse Macabre that I mm. didn't realise it was about um it was about reminding yourselves that you are mortal and that you know if you needed reminding back uh, in uh, yeah exactly times. exactly yeah. you know as if you needed reminding um that you, this will only end one way mm. and it used to be depicted obviously in art so, so it's, it's those um depictions you often see Dantesque. Of, yeah of skeletons yeah leading leading people away and dancing and oh, smiling nice. with their yeah. teethy, toothy smile, you know. Mm. So the danse macabre. But also, it wasn't just a, depicted in artwork. It was literally a dance. So mm. like communities, towns, they would have as part of their, uh, they would have the danse macabre festival where people would dress up as corpses. So kind of yeah. like early Halloween type situation. Yeah. And they would go on this kind of deathly, grotesque dance mm. as a little kind of reality check. You think life's great with the Black Plague and, you know, eating yeah. whatever you die, eat, by the way. squirrels. You're yeah. also going to die. Yeah. yeah, so that's the part of France that we're going through. At the well, we saw a hamlet, and you said you could live there. That had probably had a population of forty. That was tiny, wasn't it? Yeah. Why could you live there? I think if you're going to do like I'm a city bloke, yeah. as you know, you live in the countryside. But I do think that if I were ever to go, all right, if I've had enough of the city, yeah, I think if you're going to do country, a bit like you, do it properly. Do full country. Go really. Don't go, go to a small town or a rogue. village with a yeah. Go yeah. full country. And that looked full country, didn't that it? That was full country. Well, I, think they probably, I mean, it was a very pretty little uh, Go Hamlet. It's yeah. barely a village. I don't think they'd even have a, a boulangerie or cafe or anything. Yeah, it was like, what is the French? Uh, a lieu dit. Like a ah. you know, place yeah. called. Not even yeah. doesn't even qualify as a village. Mm. Yeah, no boulangerie. That suck. Well, get on your bike. Oh, they do have deliveries in, like sometimes. Yeah. Like the morning delivery of the baguettes. From the I didn't realise that. I don't know if it's still the case, but certainly in the recent past, France had a... You know, there's a big cost of living crisis, well, all across Europe. Yeah, the world. And infl food inflation, or, mm. you know, particularly bad in the UK at the mm. moment. But so there's talk about ca um, asking supermarkets to cap certain, the prices yeah. of certain everyday staples. Yeah. Which is a problematic thing to do because, especially if it's voluntary, mm. like, anyway. Um, but I didn't realize that by law, baguettes. Baguettes. Yeah. 
had a maximum price. Yeah. Did you know that? I did know that, yeah. And ca- the coffees used to as well, I think, back in the day, like kind of there was a set price for a cafe. Yeah. But baguettes, I did have a, va- have a recollection of that. Yeah, fixed rate baguette. So yeah. presumably at the moment, if that's still the case, the French government is subsidising the, the baguette. The baguette trade. That's a big trade. Yeah. I wonder how many baguettes are made a day in France. Lots. This would be like gummy bears, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 100 million a day. Talking about gummy bears, I had a riding back yesterday, I had a worst hunger knock. It was comparable to, do you remember the time on our Bromptons when we were climbing, we decided in the early days of our Brompton adventures at the tour, the stage one by Ilnor Zakarin into Switzerland to a finish at Fino Emerson. And we decided uh, to do... We rode at the valley. The Cat 1 climb yeah. first... And then yeah. the descent, and then the HC climb to Finot Emerson. That just that'd be easy, won't it? Yeah. On our Bromptons. And we got up. We hot j- dogs. Really that? hot day. Yeah. And we got over the first climb, and I was just about all right. Yeah. And then we were halfway up, or a third of the way up the second climb, and the lights, I think, for both of us, just both went out. Yeah. We just stopped in one of those random barbecue spots, didn't we? Fell into the grass. I spent 50 Swiss francs, which is 50 euros, yeah. on... Um, two hot dogs and two cokes, and that was it. No change. It was worth it. Switzerland, though. yeah. And then we just lay in the grass. But I had, uh, yeah, on my ride back yesterday, I had a moment like that. I literally, you know, when you just—it's a horrible feeling, I do isn't know, it? Ned. I know it well. But yeah. when you start, you start to get a cold it's, sweat. Yeah, yeah, that's going hypoglycemic. What does that mean? What's happening it to means your body? Your blood sugar is just like totally falling off a cliff. And the sweating thing is really yeah. upsetting, isn't it? It's like, yeah. why am I sweating so and much? You s- sort of things start to shimmer. You're like, well, am yeah. I riding my bike? <laughs> It's like <laughs> every you start to lose motor kind of control. I went into this corner shop in Pimlico. And everything looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the corner shop in Pimlico, got an ice cream and ate it. Half, I wasn't even out of the shop. I started <laughs> eating it already and stood on the pavement outside. just oh, no, no. <laughs> Ate it all. And then, and then uh, threw my lollipop stick in the bin and then went straight back in and bought a bag of wine gums thinking I'll just put them in my top pocket and just nibble them. <laughs> uh, on my way back because I still had sort of six or seven miles and I ended up just taking fistfuls of them out <laughs> just packing my mouth with them David oh it was grotesque God. I ate the whole lot That's not that. but I felt a bit better for it it's amazing it just goes immediately in wine it? gums yeah I remember when I ran the London Marathon got to the Isle of Dogs and I was feeling euphoric at that point that's dangerous really dangerous yeah Done about 18 miles. Yeah. Still oh, eight oh, miles oh, to go. Oh, but oh, thinking... Dangerous. It's only eight miles. Yeah. Feeling euphoric. And I'd run off the front from where I'd left my mates. And uh, there was a guy, as people do, just handing out jelly babies on the mm. side of the street. And I, I reached in, grabbed a load of jelly babies and gave him a great big kiss on the lips. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-COVID. Simpler <laughs> times. <laughs> the good old days when you could... Uh, I, ran on for another, I ran on for another hour. Oh, no, not hour. Well, it probably did take me now, rather another mile, and then just lights went out. Six the last six miles were just interminable, <laughs> absolutely interminable. So Gary's about yeah. to do his. Um, you're not needed in the studio today. I know. I was on translation duty. Uh, yeah. See, multi tool. Yeah. yeah. Multi tool. Yeah. What would they do without us? Yeah. Gary, if you watch tonight's show, by the way, um, which even if you haven't, you can watch it on catch up. So I do recommend you watch stage two. If only for forget about me and David's commentary, which I thought was all right today. Well, not not great, but all right. Um, but Gary's opening link to today's show—you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I saw it being pre-recorded earlier. Epic. Is, I think it makes television history. Really, uh, <laughs> it is the longest. 
even by Gary's standard, he loves yeah. his baroque, ornate, beautifully yeah. constructed thought trains. But this one, I think we put the clock on it. It's way over a minute long, which doesn't sound but much. But imagine just talking for a minute, like yeah. fluently Scripted. and script and just it's perfection. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's mm. something to look forward to. Yep. Very good. All right. Well, uh, hasta mañana. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow here in this room. <laughs> <laughs>